strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, welcome back, everybody. Barry Markson with you this morning. Uh, and uh, joining us right now, excited to have her with us, Chris Mays. She's the incoming attorney general in Arizona, the attorney general-elect. And uh, Ms. Mays, welcome back to the show. Good morning, Barry. How are you? Thanks Good. for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. And I will say uh, this must be good, a good time for you right now. I mean, you won the election. It was obviously very close. It took, a, you know, 10 days, a couple weeks to get the votes counted. Um, that had to be a bit of a nail biter for you until the final result came out that had you uh, <laughs> winning, right? Yeah, it was pretty a pretty wild ride, uh, not just for me, but for everybody in Arizona and a lot of people across the country. I was surprised to see how many people were were uh, keeping track of it uh, here and everywhere. But it, it you know it was exciting uh, to to finally um, see that uh, come to somewhat of a close. Of course, we've got the recount that's going to be unveiled. Um, uh, by a judge on Thursday, so we we do have that left. But you know, obviously, we'll, and I think we'll talk about it. The lawsuit, uh, the election contest that was filed by my opponent, uh, ultimately failed. Uh, so that was obviously uh, good news, and we thought that 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 contest never should have been brought in the first place. Yeah, and of course, we're talking about Abe Hamadi's lawsuit against you and against uh, the county, and uh, it, you know, it turned out to be uh, such a, uh, as I like to say, such a nothing burger. I mean, when they filed it, you're thinking, okay, look, you you lost by 511 votes. Um, That's close. I mean, two and a half million votes, 511 are the difference. Okay, if you have something that we should look at, let's look at it. I mean, that's fair. And and to go through this weeks and weeks of this and then to show up at a trial after inspecting thousands of ballots in Maricopa County and with with just zero evidence. I mean, as an attorney, it, it just it frankly boggles the mind. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think you've really uh, hit the nail on the head, Barry. Obviously, ours was the, a, an extremely close election. We think it was probably, on a percentage basis, the closest election in Arizona history. So 511 votes, a uh, real nail-biter. Uh, you know, folks can bring an election contest, but you, you can't bring an election right. contest if you have <laughs> no evidence at all that the uh, vote tally would have changed or that there there wasn't uh, there was uh, essentially a fraud in the election, and of course there was no evidence of either of those things. And and uh, my opponent, my former opponent, was didn't present any of that evidence when he filed his election contest. And and here's the problem, Barry, and I think this is um, why th- this just needs to stop and needs to, to not happen in the future. Number one, um, it wasn't just Maricopa County and the taxpayers of Maricopa County that had to pay for this. It was also Navajo County and it was Pima County. Those three counties were, were um, uh, brought into this election contest by my former opponent. They had to spend money. They had to spend time right, right before the holidays. And then, you know, obviously, I think that, you know, they brought this election contest to sow doubt uh, in, in, in voters' minds about our elections, which are free and fair and excellent and, for the most part, um, nearly flawless. Uh, obviously, there were some issues 
in some counties. But, you know, for the most part, these are really well run elections in the state of Arizona, especially relative to, to our to other states. Chris May is joining us. She's the incoming attorney general here in Arizona. And, you know, you make a great point. I mean, people look at these election suits after 2020 as if it's just something that happens. Uh, it really doesn't happen. And these, to have this many suits right. in one election in Arizona, it's unheard of. Um, and yeah. and what your point is really a good one, that these expenses uh, that are being borne by uh, the counties, by the, by us, it's by the people of Arizona and having to do these inspections and hire attorneys uh, and have uh, the county have attorneys. I mean, this is costing us money, uh, really tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, and it needs to stop. I mean, there, there really does need to be, and I hope it comes down from the judges in these cases, but there needs to be a message sent uh, that you don't file a lawsuit, if, an election lawsuit, unless you have the grounds to do so, unless you have some facts to back it up. And it, it's not a show. It's not designed for you to keep raising money. Uh, it's, it's a, right. If you don't have the basis for it, you've got to stop. Uh, but, but let me ask you this. Let, let's move on a little bit. You're going to come into office here in, in early January, uh, unless something crazy happens with the recount this week. And, mm-hmm. and I know you're getting ready and hiring staff. What are the, what are the first things you anticipate doing as attorney general? Well, that's a great question. Uh, there's a lot. <laughs> there's there's a lot to to get to to get started with, and you know, I you and I have talked to, in the past about the fact that um, you know I really want to to focus on fighting consumer fraud. So I think one of the things I want to do is make sure that uh, funding uh, that was meant to go towards prosecuting consumer fraud is there, and 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 that we really get after that. So I'm going to make that make sure that everybody in the Attorney General's office knows that's our that's a huge priority for us. I think it's a priority for Arizonans who are increasingly the subject of, of you know uh, efforts to defraud them in various ways. Um, we also know that we've got a, a crisis, uh, Barry, in in the uh, Child and Family Services Division in, in terms of. Uh, you know, this current attorney general has allowed a situation in which to, way too many vacancies exist, and we are down, um, you know, something like 40 percent lawyers in that division. And this is a real, Barry, as you, you're a lawyer and you know, this is a really important part of the AG's office, um, and it, you know, works to 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 protect uh, children uh, in their in in the most vulnerable situations and 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 families. Uh, that are in the most uh, difficult times of their lives sometimes and so we need to get uh, we need to get that division fully funded and then of course we've got a number of 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 other issues facing us including um a water crisis, which I intend to work on. One of the first things I'm going to do is, you know, make it clear that I think the Saudi water grab uh, over in Western Arizona is unconstitutional. And then, of course, as you know, I promised that we are going to reverse the state of Arizona's position in the 1864 abortion ban case, and I'm going to declare that that uh, abortion ban is unconstitutional. So, a lot on our plate yeah. uh, in the first few weeks. Chris May is uh, joining us. She's Arizona's attorney general-elect. Let me me take it over to to something else, uh, Chris, that was – it's been investigated in some other states. I know the federal – the Justice Department is investigating it as well. Uh, But Arizona had a slate of fake electors that were submitted after the 2020 election. Uh, Is that something that your office will investigate once uh, once you take over? 
It is very. I mean, I, I think that uh, the, the people of Arizona can anticipate that we will investigate that situation. Um, I don't think that that's the kind of thing that you can allow to go unreviewed and uninvestigated. Um, I'm not sure uh, what current Attorney General Mark Burnovich has or hasn't done on that front. We haven't seen much out of him or that in that in this office uh, publicly, but um, I think uh, you can anticipate that I will investigate that. It's not okay uh, for um, uh, anyone to, uh, to to engage in that kind of behavior. Uh, it's not okay for anyone to uh, essentially steal the the state seal and use it for their own purposes. You know, I think about my time as a former corporation commissioner. If someone had misappropriated the seal of the Corporation Commission, we would have been all over that. So I I do think it is something that um, bears a great scrutiny. Chris Mays is with us, Arizona's uh, incoming attorney general. Uh, Chris, are there looking back at at what's happened here with the election? And I anticipate our Republican legislature is going to be putting forth all sorts of bills uh, to change the election that that Governor Hobbs will likely veto most of them. But are there any Mm -hmm. uh, are there any adjustments to Arizona election law having now that you've gone through it, you've gone through the lawsuit? I'm sure you're very familiar with Arizona election law now more than you've ever thought you'd need to be. Is, are there any are there any changes or things that you you want to at least look into or, or uh, investigate with others in the state? You know that's a great question, and I and I obviously come to this with an open mind, and, um, and so I, I certainly am willing to engage in a conversation with with the legislature and Governor Hobbs about that. Um, you know, for the most part, though, well, here I will say this: here here's one thing that I intend to do as Attorney General, and that I think I can do um, without additional legislation. But if additional legislation is necessary, I think we should look at that. And that is um, making sure that we protect our elections officials against uh, death threats, violence, threats of violence and interference. I think that what happened this election cycle in, uh, in, in which, um, you know, we, you know, we, we, Barry, we've talked about this, the Yavapai County recorder, um, res, elections director, uh, res, both resigned because of the death threats that they faced. Right. So I want to, you know, I want to be clear. We are going to prosecute death threats against our elections officials, and we are going to pr- protect them um, in, in future elections. We're also going to protect Barry vote by mail. So one of the things that I'm going to do as attorney general is fight any effort to overturn um, vote by mail or eliminate vote by mail. I certainly hope that's not something that this this Republican legislature tries to do. But if they do, I'm certain that Governor-elect Hobbs will fight it. And so will I as attorney general. All right, Chris Mays is with us here on KTR. Uh, Chris, congratulations again. We'll wait for the recount uh, to be finalized and reported this Thursday. Uh, but congratulations, you won the election, you won the lawsuit. Uh, you just keep winning. It's a lot of winning. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and we're hoping to, to, to win on behalf of the people of Arizona, because that's what this is ultimately about, be, right. about being the lawyer for the people of Arizona. So thank you, Barry. I appreciate it. All right. Have a happy new year, and I'm sure we'll talk to you again. Chris Mays, everybody, the incoming attorney general of Arizona. All 
right, coming up, uh, we're we're going to get into uh, this travel mess a little bit. Uh, it just keeps getting worse and worse. We'll have the latest for you from Southwest Airlines. And if you have any plans to take a trip here uh, in the next week or so out of Phoenix, we'll tell you what you might be facing. I'm Barry Markson, in for Broomhead. It's KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm Barry Markson, and uh, thanks for being with us here on KTAR. Uh, coming up, um, my goodness, uh, th- this winter travel thing is incredible. We knew it was going to be bad. Look, it's always crowded. And uh, right before Christmas and before the holiday, everybody was saying uh, that we were going to be at uh, pre-pandemic numbers, right? That we were at, finally now, we were going to be back to more people traveling for the holidays than we uh, had prior to COVID, uh, which was big news. And we ha- we got it. <laughs> we got it. But unfortunately, we also got this incredible cold streak, uh, this weird winter weather uh, that raced through the country, not Arizona. Uh, Somehow it was 70, 72 degrees here, but um, it raced through the rest of the country and it really, really messed uh, messed with... um Mess with travel. I mean, it was it was kind of crazy. Uh, let's uh, let's get a report here from ABC News. More than 200 miles of Interstate 90 in South Dakota is closed, and in Chicago, people are being warned to avoid the roads altogether. Blizzard conditions, ice, and flooding are expected from the plains and the Midwest to the East Coast. All right, so you got you got bad cold weather all around the country, uh, the plains, the Midwest, the South, everywhere, but here in Arizona, basically, and I think Florida actually ended up okay for some reason, which is odd. But even they got a little chillier. Um, but you might be asking, well, what does that have to do with travel? Uh, well, uh, the cold air uh, and the bad snow didn't help. So far, we've got more than 1,200 cancellations. Chicago topping that list with more than 550. And then you've got Denver with more than 300. And when you look at tomorrow, already more than 700 cancellations. Detroit, New York, and Chicago, they are facing the biggest problems. Yeah, it's weird. And then Arizona actually had 200 cancellations. Now, 185 of those are Southwest. And Southwest is uh, it's really on a whole other level here. I, I don't know what happened uh, to Southwest Airlines. Uh, they got messed up with this uh, with this storm. And then on top of that, just it just collapsed. It was like a it was like a house of cards that just fell on itself. Uh, Southwest CEO uh, announcing now that he is uh, he's first of all saying that they're only going to be running for the next two days. Uh, they're only going to be running uh, about a third of their flight. Uh, that's crazy. And if you fly out of Arizona, and I'm just telling you right now, you need to figure that out because uh, there's a lot of our folks here who uh, fly southwest and we fly to different parts of the country. And, and I don't know if that's even going to be open. So if you're planning to take a trip here the next uh, week uh, and you're flying southwest, definitely take a look at what's canceled and what's not. Um, the CEO of Southwest Airlines is saying that they're planning even more cancellations uh, and they're just trying to get a reset. It's like they need to shut it down uh, to get people where they need to get them and, and to reset. Uh, reset their entire schedule, I guess, is what's going on. So um, it's it's weird, though, because if you're you would think if you're here in Arizona and you're traveling, hopefully somewhere not cold this week, you'd be fine. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, you think you'd be OK. But if Southwest is shutting down that many of their flights, it's really, uh, really kind of scary. So hopefully uh, you didn't get stuck somewhere. If you're here in Phoenix, and you got stuck in Phoenix. You can't leave there. There could be worse places for you to be. Uh, think about the folks who traveled home into the winter to, uh, for Christmas and then uh, and then got stuck there. Uh, and maybe you didn't even have a place to stay. So it's going to be a little crazy, at least if you're here in Arizona, the weather's OK. Although I guess we're going to turn it a little little cooler and some rain here this week as well. Um, all right. Coming up, uh, we're going to talk 
talk about Carrie Lake, and uh, we're going to talk about her election lawsuit, which was uh, which failed uh, miserably on Friday. We'll tell you about the judge's decision that came in on Saturday, uh, where we are with sanctions, and give you the latest uh, on the election lawsuits here in Arizona. I'm Barry Markson, in for Broomhead. It's KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm Barry Marks, and thanks for joining us. My goodness, hope you had a great Christmas. And uh, if you're if you're lucky, you're not working too much this week, right? That's the goal. It's uh, every year I tell myself I'm not going to work. I'm not going to work the week between Christmas and New Year's. And every week I'm working. Not not only am I working, I'm doing two shows today. Two shows. <laughs> Welcome to the program, boy. Uh, this uh, the election season here is just uh, is just so crazy in Arizona. We ended up with uh, four election lawsuits. Uh, the big one, uh, well, there's two big ones. Uh, Abe Hamaday's lawsuit against Chris Mays, uh, saying that uh, there were enough votes that did, weren't counted that would have changed the election for him. Uh, that one went down in flames on Friday. I mean, I have to tell you, as far as evidentiary hearings or trials go, it was one of the more embarrassing ones that I've seen. His lawyer admitted almost at the very beginning he had no evidence that was going to change the outcome. And yet went through with the with the trial and um and it was so bad the judge ruled right there from the bench uh didn't didn't wait to put it in writing or, or anything it was just so abundantly clear to anyone uh that there was no evidence that was going to change the outcome of this at most at most uh Hamaday presented evidence uh that he would have had six more votes six uh, that's out, and he needed 511, a change of 511. And even his lawyers acknowledged uh, that Chris Mays would have added another two or three votes. So uh, it obviously wasn't going anywhere. We had uh, Dan Barr on earlier, uh, uh, the attorney for Chris Mays, and, and he said really what Hamaday's lawyer should have done uh, was call the night before and say, hey, we did our inspection. We don't have the votes. There's no evidence here uh, that would change the outcome. Let's just cancel the trial. And he didn't do that. Uh, He went through with the show trial anyway. And uh, I expect we'll see motions for sanctions there. Uh, But the big one is obviously for governor. Uh, Carrie Lake against Katie Hobbs. Katie Hobbs won the election. She won by a lot, by over 17,000 votes. And that was more than uh, the automatic recount territory, which Arizona Republicans uh, made, uh, they, they expanded the ability to have a recount automatically uh, this past year, actually in 2022. And Carrie uh, Lake lost by so much that even that recount provision wasn't wasn't uh, implemented. So that didn't happen. Um, so she files this lawsuit. It's a huge 70-page complaint. It has 10 different counts. The judge throws out eight of the 10 counts right at the beginning with a motion to dismiss and then and says, I'm going to hear these other two counts. I won't go into the, the details, but uh, the judge says, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. Let's have a trial on these two counts. And uh, Carrie Lake uh, presents really almost no evidence at all uh, th- that was going to support the positions that she held uh, and the allegations and claims that she made. Uh, and at the end of it, and I will say the judge did a great job. He let Carrie Lake put on all of her evidence. Uh, he She put on all of her witnesses, all of her expert witnesses. Um, and it was just so clear to anybody watching this trial uh, that Carrie Lake lost, that there was no evidence that came forward uh, that showed that there was any misconduct, let alone intentional misconduct. Uh, there was no evidence of a chain of custody issue, really. There was no evidence of that. Um, the experts that Carrie Lake put on the stand were interesting, uh, to say the least, and I think on at least a couple of occasions would never have been admitted into evidence, wouldn't have been allowed to testify in a normal trial. Um, 
But this judge let her put everything on. So this this case was Carrie Lake's case was decided on the merits. It wasn't dismissed because of procedural reasons. It wasn't dismissed because nobody somebody didn't have standing. Uh, she got what she wanted. She got a two day trial. They put on all of their evidence and witnesses and lost. Just lost overwhelmingly. She could not prove even one element of her claim. And it's just it's important to understand that this this isn't a political thing. This is court of law. This is Show us the evidence, and if you have the evidence, you can prevail. And there wasn't evidence. That That's what was so crazy. Motions for sanctions have been filed in her case. She, Carrie Lake lost uh, just overwhelmingly. A great order by the judge was issued on Saturday, Christmas Eve, uh, really explaining what happened, talking about each expert and each witness and the evidence. It just wasn't there. She couldn't win under Arizona law. And uh, there, there are motions for sanctions now pending that uh, could cost Carrie Lake and her attorneys upwards of seven hundred thousand dollars. And I was thinking about this. Like Carrie Lake is, uh, she's like the. If you ever watch Monty Python movies, the Monty Python, the Holy Grail. Uh, she's like the Black Knight, that Black Knight who showed up, and they had the the sword fight right there in the uh, in the forest, and. And they they keep cutting off arms and legs from the Black Knight, and the Black Knight and they say, "Let me go by." I mean, it's just it, it, that's what that's what Carrie Lake sounds like to me. She just she just refuses to acknowledge reality. Now stand aside, worthy adversary. Tis but a scratch. A scratch? Your arms off? No, it isn't. Well, what's that then? I've heard worse. You liar! Come on, you pansy! I mean, that's what that's what this is like with Carrie Lake now. Right. I mean, she's just she just won't say she lost. Uh, we, we've gone through hundreds of years in this country of elections and people lose and they concede. Uh, we've had a, over 100 years here in Arizona alone. Um, and by the way, until this year, we had never had an election lawsuit filed for an Arizona a race like this unless it was super, super close. I'm talking like 10 votes, 20 votes. I mean, just so close that there's a potential uh, that some votes weren't counted or something happened in the math. That's when lawsuits were filed. Election lawsuits were filed in Arizona. Uh, that not this year, not this year. Four election lawsuits filed in Arizona never happened before uh, for statewide races, and th- this is—it's just incredible what we've been dealing with. And Carrie Lake, uh, it's a, the amount of losing that's going on for Carrie Lake is just stunning. She lo- lost the election. She's lost. She had eight out of ten of her uh, claims in her lawsuit dismissed. Lost. She had a trial on the remaining two claims. Lost. Um, she's going to have motion. She has motions for sanctions pending now, and a very, very high risk that she is sanctioned personally not just her attorneys, uh, but her personally for doing this, uh, which will be another big loss. And now she's actually saying she's going to appeal this ruling, which if you read the court's order, uh, there is no basis for appeal. The court heard all the evidence. There was no error. He's laid it out. There's nothing here other than Carrie Lake's inability uh, to admit defeat. Uh, to be gracious and humble in defeat, to hope that Katie Hobbs does well on behalf of the people of Arizona. She just can't do it. It absolutely reminds me of this Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It's, it's incredible. You've got no arms left. Yes, I have. Look, it's just a flesh wound. It's a flesh wound. I love that one. <laughs> I just love that. I mean, she's losing so bad. It's like she's got her limbs cut off and she's like, it's a flesh wound. I'm still here. I won. She spoke the other day. Carrie Lake did. She spoke the other day and she said, 
<laughs> she was at Mar-a-Lago again. I think she lives there now. And she said again, um, this time she said she not only did she win, she said she won by 400 to 500,000 votes. Keep in mind, she lost by 17,000 votes. But she said she won by 400 to 500,000 votes, not based on evidence, not not, not based on anything. Um, it's, it's really a fantasy version of the world that Carrie Lake lives in. Um, and unfortunately for us, and this is where this this isn't funny. Uh, it's taking up a lot of time and energy from our county and our state. Uh, the amount of money that Maricopa County and, and the state of Arizona alone have had to pay for attorneys and staff uh, to do to just keep in constantly inspecting ballots and, and defending against lawsuits that have no basis in law or fact. It's this is we should all be upset about this, even if you're a Carrie Lake uh, supporter, even if you're somebody who voted for Carrie Lake and wish she had won to have her continue to file suits and to keep going in the face of absolute loss uh, with no hope of prevailing uh, to the point where. The, the judge is inviting motions for sanctions and now saying she's going to appeal anyways because now we should, now we should involve more wasted time from the appellate court and more wasted time from lawyers and staff. Uh, why? I mean, seriously, why? Is it an ego thing for Carrie Lake? Uh, is that what it is? Is it a narcissism to the level where she can't believe she lost? Um, is it a or is it a grift? Is it I can only keep making money from people if they if they uh, she continues to say, I'm fighting for you. And that's what she says. I will never stop fighting for Arizona. What does that mean? You lost. Everybody lo- and in every single election. I can guarantee you one thing. There's always a winner and a loser. There's a winner, and a, unless, unless somebody runs unopposed, I suppose. Uh, but somebody loses. In any contested election, there's always somebody who loses. And until 2020 and now 2022, uh, we have always had people that admit defeat. They do it with grace and with humility. And then they call their opponent and concede and say, I wish you the best. I hope you do a great job. And then you move on. You don't have to be friends with them. You don't have to go out publicly and say you love this person. Uh, But that's how we've always done it, a peaceful transfer of power. And this new thing we have, especially in Arizona since 2020, um, is it's frankly disgusting. It's a waste of time for Arizona. It makes us look bad. Uh, But to allow these people, now Carrie Lake, to allow these people to tie us up and cost us money, you and I, we're paying for this out of our own pocket. We should all, we should all say enough is enough. We should all be saying enough is enough. All right. On the other side. Oh, my goodness. This, 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 as bad as this is, there's a politician in New York uh, that won election to the Congress this year, first time. And after, after he wins the election, it comes out. The, the, we don't even know who he is. I mean, the man lied so much about who he is and his experience. We'll tell you about it next uh, and what he's, he's finally now admitting it. We'll tell you what he said over the weekend. That's next. I'm Barry Markson. It's KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. All right, welcome back, everybody. Barry Markson in for Mike, and uh, thanks for being here. Hope you're enjoying the Christmas season and in, uh, enjoying yourself last week and this week. Uh, you know, have you ever, you know, it's funny, I've never done this, but apparently it happens all the time. Have you ever inflated your resume? Have you ever uh, put things on your resume that aren't true? 
Um, you know, not I'm not talking about, you know, when we we say, uh, you know, you puff yourself up a little bit or you put a nice little shine, a little polish on your on your achievements. Uh, I'm saying, have you ever said you graduated from college when you didn't or say you went to a, co- a different college than you did or not? You know, did you say you had a job at a particular place when you didn't? Um, it happens, uh, I think, more than we realize uh, but a great example of it was recently, and this is this is a big one. Um, I mean, if, if if somebody did that when they were running for office, and you voted for them based on their you know their experience, their history, their everything they've done, and then learned that it was all fake, uh, how would you feel about that? Should that person take office even though they they got in on, under false pretenses? Well, we have this right now. There's a guy named George Santos. He's a Republican. He ran for office uh, to, for Congress in uh, in New York, and he's one of the Republicans uh, that switched seats uh, that switched. Um, the, the Democrat they lost the Democrats lost a seat because of redistricting, uh, and this guy won. He was a brand new uh, brand new guy, never run before. And after he won, uh, a newspaper reported uh, that his claims, what he has said about himself, this is him saying this now, about his education and his career, where he had worked, charity, um, even about his religion, all of it was fake. Uh, all of it was fake. And when it initially came out, uh, he and his, you know, he got an attorney and they started attacking the newspaper because, you know, saying it's not true. But it turned out pretty quickly. It, it is true. It's obviously true. Um he lied about everything. I mean, it's really kind of an amazing thing. So here's what he said. He said that uh, he said that he had, um, for example, worked at uh, Citigroup and Goldman Sachs. That he had uh, had jobs there in finance and had made money and, and had all this this success at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup. Uh, well, the newspaper, when they looked into it, called over to those companies and they had never heard of this guy. He ne- he had never worked there. And when I first read that, I'm like, well, maybe he had a different name or they didn't find it. No. Uh, it's confirmed now. He never, and he said it now. He never worked at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup. Uh, he lied. He just absolutely lied. Um, he said that he went to college uh, at I think it was New York University and Baruch uh, University. Um, he didn't. Uh, he didn't go to either college. They checked into it, and they, neither college has ever heard of him. And he's now confirmed he did not go to either college, and in fact, did not graduate from college. There's nothing wrong with not graduating from college. There's something wrong with lying about it. Right. I mean, there's something wrong with running for office and say, I have I've gone to these two schools. I have a degree in finance, uh, in business. Um, I've gone to work at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup um, to, to kind of sell yourself as this business person with a lot of experience and knowledge. And it's all it's all lies. I mean, we can just say it's not truth or it's, a, you know, you can say what you want about. It. He's lying. It's a straight lying. Um, he He's admitted it now. Um he did. He now says, not that I worked at those companies, I did business with them. But that's not what he has said in the past. That's not what his resume said. That's not what his website said. Um, it's really kind of it's really kind of amazing. Um, he's also lied about his history and his family history. Uh, he had previously said on numerous occasions that his mother was Jewish, uh, that her parents escaped persecution during World War II during the Holocaust, uh, and that they resettled in Brazil, which is where he's from. Um, but going back and looking at that, uh, found that that his maternal grandparents, so the people, his, his grandmother that he was saying uh, was born in Europe and, and subjected to the Holocaust and, and was able to uh, escape, was a lie that, that they were that they were born and raised in Brazil, uh, that, that they were not subject to the Holocaust or were in World War II at all. Um, 
he used to say that he was that he was Jewish, uh, at least partially Jewish. He's, he's now Catholic. Uh, but he, he was saying that, I think, in New York, where there's a lot of Jewish people who vote and, and he was trying to get those votes. But he lied. He's just lying one thing after another. Um he also lied. He's he's openly gay. Um, he's the first openly gay non-incumbent Republican to be elected to the House of Representatives. Uh, good for him. Uh, but he also lied about his past marriage. He lied. Uh, he was married to a woman. He got divorced at two weeks before he started running for election. Uh, it, it's incredible. I mean, the amount of lying here is just unbelievable. So he finally comes out. Uh, this weekend, he's completely caught. He says before Christmas, he's going to uh, tell you he's got a history. He's going to tell you about it, um, it right afterwards. And he, so he did a couple of interviews with, with friendly outlets. Um, but he comes out, he says, I'm not a criminal. Uh, he said, this controversy will not deter me uh, from being seated as a legislator in the House. Um, he initially said it was defamatory that people were looking into his background. Um, and now he simply says he was embellishing. He says people puff up their resumes all the time, and he thinks this is nothing more than that. I mean, I've never seen something like this before. I, I have to tell you, how would you feel if you voted for somebody for Congress and they won, and you voted for them because, uh, at least partially, uh, because of who they are, because of what their experience is? I mean, this guy put himself out as a college-educated, uh, college graduate with a business degree who worked at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup um, with, a, with a history of, of having Jewish parents who, who survived uh, the Holocaust. Uh, and uh, there's more here, too, by the way. And he lied about all of it. And the question now is, should he be seated in Congress? Should this guy have the opportunity to sit in Congress as a congressman, um, despite, in essence, getting there on false pretenses. And it was a close election. Uh, as you might imagine, the, the Democrats are saying he shouldn't be seated. Uh, I'd be shocked uh, if Republicans don't seat him. Uh, it's going to be his, you know, it's the Republicans are in control now. Uh, but, I mean, how do you how do you do this? I mean, how, you have the, the, somebody to be this unethical. And that's a nice way to say it. He's a liar. Let's just call it what it is. He's an absolute liar. It's pretty crazy. All right, coming up. Uh, we got a news update. Uh, Patricia Valencia is with us here in the KTR News Center. And then uh, we're going to talk about holiday spending a little bit. We've got a, everybody talks about the economy and inflation. I'm going to tell you what we did, how much money we spent over the holidays, uh, whether it's more or less uh, than what we've done in the past years and how that affects uh, our economic outlook. I'm Barry Markson in for Broomhead. It's KTAR. <laughs> 